Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 241. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. I got a new uh, camera. I don't know if you've noticed. You look extra sexy today, I got to tell you. Extra sexy camera. Extra sexy. You know, it's a, a model that comes with an extra sexy filter on it. So. Oh, there you go. And now sometimes I, I, you go highfalutin, sometimes you go ski bum, and for that you went ski bum. I, I sprung for highfalutin for this one, so there you go. Is, I mean, it's a good purchase. I don't know if you want to share. They're not a sponsor, obviously. The name of the camera you got? Yeah, it's a. I don't know. It's highly reviewed on CNET, so I just grabbed it from there. There you go. It was. It's a Razor Kayo. Kio Kayo. I don't know, but it also has like the light thing on the outside. That you can adjust. Like you oh, so it actually okay. So it actually has the lighting built into the camera. Yeah, it has a light ring on it, and then it has like the camera. It has like a cool like way you can set it up. Like there's multiple adjusters, autofocus. Like there's a lot of cool bells and whistles. But beautiful. So it was pretty good for podcasting and streaming. And I was like, let's see it. Look at that. Otherwise, I was going to return it. Putting it no. to use right now. Yeah. That's so. what we're doing. We're podcasting. That's what we do. That's what I'm going to have done. to ask them to sponsor us. I think you, you need one too. I think I do. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Well, we've been podcasting now for 240 episodes. This is 241. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We have a shop there. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. If you want some cool swag for the rest of the season. Shop it up. Shop it up. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped. We are at Ski Bump Podcast. If you want to send us an email, you can do so. Ski Bump Podcast at gmail.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate, subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. That would help us out. Big thank you to our sponsors. First up, Valon Eyewear, V A L L O N dot S T O R E. Classic style, maximum performance sunglasses. Updates on classic styles using modern materials and technologies. They are originating out of Verbier, Switzerland, born out of love of ski touring, independent, family owned, reasonably priced, and one kilogram of plastic waste cleaned up with every sale. Nice. Free shipping to the US, express shipping available, free returns. Use SkiBum15 at checkout for 15% off. Also, huge thank you to our outerwear sponsor, Teresia. Teresia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. Premium cold weather solutions. They are creating best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment designed with thoughtful features and fit. Funny story, one of our fan friends of this, the podcast purchased the beacon jacket, the same one as Mario has. Nice. I like and that he jacket. Was, he was joking. He's like, I wish they had a guide for all the zippers. And pockets that it has. A lot of pockets, man. I keep finding new ones in there. That's what he was saying. There's like all these like hidden pockets that you keep finding. So yeah, a lot of your stash, a lot of functionality. Good for your stash. (laughs) Whatever pray tell you may be stashing. Saying whatever that stash is. Yeah. They believe that good products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve, refine and optimize all facets of their products. If you want to check out their Fantastic products. Go to Terracia.com. And if you buy something, use the code Terracia Bum at checkout for 15% off. 
Thank oh. you, Teresia. So with Thanks, that, Mario, Mario, let's kick it off. What do we always do? It's time for our pray today. What do you got today? So, I uh, I decided to start cleaning out the fridge. Uh, I have those beer of the months that kind of pile up and this random beers that I buy. This huh? has been a theme this whole year for you, hasn't it? You're like, I'm yeah, so I just, fridge. I just kind of clean out the fridge. That's kind of what I'm constantly doing. I don't like beers. I know you have your beers that you like keeping, you know, cold and keeping them for a while. You got your four locos. You got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Dude, I have but, at least four or uh, dogfish head 120s that are like six or seven years old now at this point. You're aging them now. Which I'm is aging them. Pretty sweet. A lot of beers um, don't age well, though. Yeah. And I don't want to, I want to rotate. I want to rotate the stock, you know, get out with the old, in with the new. I got to keep drinking. Uh, out of those and it's kind of cool i i had i think i've done this one before it's called fresh coast from uh three sheets three sheeps brewing you've definitely had that one before i did have this one before and it was good so this is the last of the they usually give you like three of each so this is the last one found it there i was like oh i like that one let me bring it back yeah this one's pretty good this is a juicy pale ale not as not as hoppy got a a nice, I wouldn't say there's citrus in it. Uh, there's like a fresh hoppy taste, though. It's not like a dank hoppy, like a nice, fresh, light hoppy. Mm. Mm. Good. Only uh, 4.8%. So it'll keep me going through the podcast for sure. Light, um, refreshing. That and a little uh, little bit of um, medical, medical drops that I had <laughs> after work today are kicking in really nicely. So that's why go. I just decided to do the one out pray today so find your happy place man that's right it's a nice balance right now nice how about you so this beer i acquired after skiing uh not last week the weekend before when i was up at butternut in massachusetts with my little guy yeah so if you're not familiar butternut is it's pretty much western massachusetts kind of southwestern mass in the berkshires and it's right outside the town of Great Barrington. Great Barrington is a pretty funky little town. A lot of shops and restaurants. They got a weed shop, dispensary. And they have a the Barrington Brewery, which is a, a little brewery and, and restaurant. And it was cool, you know, with all the kind of lockdown, quarantine stuff still going on. They had a window. So you can go up to the window and you can order food or you can order beer. Which was kind of nice. So they'll give you what you need. How about weed? Can you order weed there too? No, the weed shop was two two doors down. It was right there. Do you order out a window there too? Are they doing? I think they still got to go through the whole rigmarole of IDs and whatever. And I had heard wonderful things about the Barrington Brewery, so I was super excited. So after skiing, had the little guy in the car, left him in the car to go get my beer. And I got their Hop Brook New England IPA, which you can oh. see here in the video. And apparently their beer is solar brewed beer. Solar. Solar like brewed, that. which is kind of cool. So they are the solar. first brewery on the East Coast to install a solar hot water system supplying hot water to their brewery and restaurant. And nice. then they added a 480 panel solar electric system, which provides 85% of their electric needs that's pretty cool that's pretty cool 
I will say this beer is good, but it's not. I don't know. I it was a New England IPA, so I was expecting more, more flavor, more thickness. It's very light. It drinks almost like a like a sessiony IPA. Really? Yeah. Usually New England's to me always have like a little dankness to it, right? It's like very hot, but in a not a bright, fresh, more dank. This has no dank to it. This really? is a lot more citrusy, a lot more floral. Nice. Very light. And it it doesn't even say on the can the ABV on it. Like I'm looking Look at that. There's no ABV. It doesn't even say either it's zero or a hundred, I guess then, right? It's 0% ABV. I looked it up on untapped and it says 6.5. Ah. That even seems high. It's just a light beer. I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe after having those, those, uh, <laughs> 9.7 and 9.4 ones from tin barn the last couple of weeks, maybe oh, my, maybe my whole palate is, decimated i don't know like if it's not nine percent or more it tastes weak pretty dude i don't know if it's my taste buds i don't know if it's i don't know what it is i just i need more i just i don't can i chew on some hops while i drink this like what the hell yeah it's almost like when you're they say when you stop smoking cigarettes you you've gained back all this flavor yeah that's why everybody gains weight yeah, because like, oh, this is this is what Doritos taste like. Like, awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna have some more of these. So wow. I had one of these after I went skiing at Great Barrington at Butternut, and then the a couple of days later, I went skiing with Benjamin again to Shawnee Indie Pass hashtag Indie Revolution, and I was actually like the proper white trash that I am was drinking it in the car with my son after skiing. Were you wearing a like a a white shirt, white undershirt with stain on it? surprisingly not but i had no pants on in the car just kidding <laughs> but but funny thing again everyone's kind of doing weird apres things these days there was these kids on the other side of the parking lot you know probably like early 20s or whatever and they were like blasting music out of their car and of course they're playing like probably something current that i just was old man like ah, this isn't music this is crap You're and they change it and they put Freebird on <laughs> They're like, nice. Freebird! Like, of course, they got to yell it. And they played Freebird. I'm like, that was kind of nice. random. And of course, I'm enjoying it, eating prosciutto and cheese in the front seat of my car. Because you know what? I will tell you, that has been my favorite in the car at Prey Ski snack. Prosciutto and cheese. I go, Trader Joe's has this German prosciutto. It's a lightly smoked one. Or, oh, that's a speck, right? Yeah, they still call it prosciutto, but yeah, it's like yeah. a speck. So I'll get, yeah. So I'll get my little, you know, how they come in like a, there's like a, what, like 10 pieces, you know, in the little wrapper thing, the little nice. flat wrapper. I'll get my prosciutto and I had the Sartori rum runner cheese. I had a little bit of that. I'm drinking my beer and I had that <laughs> in the front seat. Dude, killer apre freaking snack. It was awesome, but I couldn't finish the beer and I wanted to get going. I'm drinking the beer in the car. Again, it's Pennsylvania. I think that's pretty much like normal. It's a lot. I was only driving about three miles to get to the Dunkin' Donuts so I could get a giant coffee and get gas and then drive home. So I was not endangering my child. Do not worry. I'm a goddamn professional. That said, that time we did that dogfish head t- tasting 
up by it when yeah. you were still here in Jersey. You guys all Ubered home because you were smart. That was the worst drive home I've ever had after drinking. Dude, that, that was, was... I'm trying to think, was, where did we do that tasting? That was at that... Blue, uh, Blue Ale House, Oh, it was right? the Blue Ale House. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I don't even remember that night, man. It was pretty bad. Dude, I have dude, like two of those and it's like a mind eraser. Like, dude, they just, gave us your mind is so cleared. much beer. They started yeah. us with a 90 minute. And you're like, oh, this is on the house on top of the, the whole. It was like tasting. a 16 ounce 90 minute. It's like, that's a big ass. Like, and then the beer tasting started. And yeah. there was, they were not stingy with any of their pours. Was no. it, what was the one they gave us? Was it the old, old world or whatever? There was one of the ones they have. It's like that one had like a or raisin something. or something taste in it. And it was like yes. 12%. Or, mm-hmm. and then dogfish 120 is 12 plus percent i think like they don't even know they're just like it's up there like, <laughs> like you. It, that was pretty crazy no and then there was the time we found that when i came back and i was up for work and i think you were there you were in hoboken still and i i met up with uh i met up with some of the guys in hoboken i think Steve said he was in Hoboken. He's like, hi, hi, you're coming. I showed up. He's like, I thought you were in Florida. I'm like, oh, I told you I was up here. He thought I was joking around. And they had Dogfish 120. And that that night got crazy because you have two of them and that's it. Oh, was that, like, was that right before Whistler? Yeah, I think so. Yes, you, I remember. You were there, that. right? I was there. Yeah. You, you vaguely remember that. No, I remember everything. I don't remember you being an absolute shit show. You were uh, you were a mess there. That was at the place. Um, was it Texas, Arizona? They went to somewhere else, the next door place, the Bandito, yeah. Chandidos, whatever it was. I'm trying to remember who had the 120. I think it might have been. It was the place next to Texas, Arizona. Yeah, it wasn't Texas. The Mexican, the Spanish place. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. That was like a surprise. We're like, they have 120 on tap. Like, what? I remember. I forget, I forget whose tab it was. I'm like, yeah, oh, we'll have like nine of them. <laughs> it was like twenty bucks for like a thimble of it or whatever. Yep, it's just like yeah. But they drink well. You're like, yeah, this They're is all delicious. Right. You know, you sip them down. You're like, it's not too bad. But but this beer again, it's it's light, it's tasty. Uh, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go into the top of rooftop and scream about it like those tin roof ones, which were absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, Rich and I, when we skied Catamount that time, so Catamount's probably 25 minutes west of Great Barrington. We were considering going to this brewery afterwards, which would have put us 25 minutes in the wrong direction. Ah. And I was like, we could do this. And I looked how far away it was. I'm like, Oh, uh, glad we didn't see you saved it for another day saved it for another day so that is the app right today let's go to ski news very interesting diverse ski news this week do you want to kick us off I think I'll kick it off. So Vail Resorts thrills investors with lower than expected coronavirus losses. There's been a lot of speculation about how coronavirus was going to hit the ski industry and everything. And they said this past Thursday, they reported declines in income, revenue, and visits, but they weren't as bad as investors anticipated. So the company's stock price hit an all-time high. 
as a result. Not as bad as expected in this environment and day and age is really not bad for for companies. You know, when they come out and say, hey, you know what? The ass whooping we thought we were going to get from coronavirus didn't hit us that bad. It's kind of nice, you know, to to hear and it it definitely pumps up your stock. So and that was saying, something that we talked about that back in, you know, November after talking to the folks at Ski Vermont and all the the resorts up there. They were saying their goal is to at least if they could break even, they would consider it a, a victory. Yeah. So Vail Resorts reported 147.8 million in income through January for the second quarter of its fiscal year. And they said it it was a drop of 28% compared to the same quarter last year. So I guess when you take it in that note, it, it's kind of, that's where you're like, wow, that's, that's still a lot, but I guess it's better than they expected. So, and the thing is too, they're going to get March this year. Yeah. And that's just it. They because got of our next story, year. they might get April too. That's true. So they're saying, you know, like ski school is down 45%, uh, dining 43%, um, retail 43%. So I'm hearing 40, mid 40s percent across the board being down, but they're saying. And they actually, they don't, they've never given numbers, have they, for how many Epic passes they actually sell? No, I think it's just, it's limited to the number the limited number they can sell. <laughs> yeah, they never give numbers on oh, that. Here we but. go. It says they sold 1.4 million Epic Passes for 2020 to 2021, which is up 20% from the previous season. Wow. So they must have made up some on that. But yeah, they said they pushed the stock price uh, above $320, up from about $145 in mid-March 2020 at the time when, when everybody was closing everything and Vail closed all 34 of its resorts because of coronavirus. I remember looking at that stock at that time and being like, I want to short this stock, but just wait till it hits luckily, bottom and buy. Luckily I'm not smart enough to know how to do that. And yeah. I didn't have the have you ever shorted a stock. I've never, I don't know how, I, I mean, I, I, I know you can do it, I guess you say, and I understand, like, I, I totally understand the concept. You're pretty much, you're buying the stock with the intention of it going down in value. Like you're right. buying it now and you're, you got to find someone to buy it from you in the future. Like, I understand, I, I, I get how to do it. Right. The thing is when you short, no matter what the stock's price is, it can only go to zero. That's that's if you're shorting it, that's the best case scenario. But in the other direction, it can go to infinity if you really right. think about it. If you I, choose I, wrongly, you're really screwed because then you got to cover your position and it costs you even more money. Exactly. That's the problem with the short. Whereas like I'm you just someone, invest and you lose money, you lose money. Yeah. Like I'm someone who who bought a little bit of Tesla a bunch of years ago and I've always loved Tesla. I love Elon Musk. And I've always loved seeing him make fun of short sellers and seeing that stock go up because I love seeing people just get like all these hedge fund dicks getting vaporized and losing wow. all this money, be trying to short something that, well, it's not following our blah, 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 their little ethos, whatever they have, when it's actually someone who is an engineer, who has the guts to create this company, who's actually building a real product, is not just moving numbers around. That's what happens. 
Yeah, but That's this what is. Happens. But so they they're up twenty percent on their Epic Pass sales, and one crazy thing too, they said back in December they sold five hundred and seventy five million in debt to institutional investors, and the company is sitting on more than one point four billion in cash plus five hundred and ninety nine million in available credit. Wow! So that means, of course, what are they going to buy? Or are they going you got to that buy that much anything? liquid liquid money? What are you going to buy? And you know, as skiers and boarders, we look at Epic and we look at Vale, and we're just like, like we we root for them to lose. We want them to fail, but they keep on keeping on. You know, stocks at an all time high, and looking to buy up more resorts. It's you know, it, it's everybody wants to hate. And, you know, we, we're, we're guilty of it sometimes, but if you think about a veil, a strong veil resorts organization, right. Better for the ski industry or not better for the ski industry. Like, I don't know. It can go either way. You just have to see how it plays out. We could do a whole podcast series about that. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh, you know, a lot of things that we've seen too, even though veil resorts is really big. One of the things that that's popped up this year and I think at the end of last year was the indie resorts, right? That all of a sudden made a big comeback of like, Hey, let's recognize the indie resorts that are right in your backyard. Like, you know, and now with coronavirus, it's like, Hey, it's easier to just go travel down the road to your local ski area that you might not have frequented and maybe, maybe not pass by it, maybe ski it this time. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a, a good point where, where it's good for everybody. Who knows? I don't know. I know there's still some haters out there. There's a lot of haters. I used to just kind of, I used to not understand it. Like I used to be the guy who was like, hey man, why are you hating on Vail? Because I never really skied at Vail Resorts. And then you just kind of, again, Whistler Blackcomb is the biggest example to me. You know, the mountain itself is so awesome. And then you get into this weird faux shopping mall, Disneyland village at the bottom. It really is like it. And if you've been to, you've been to Tremblant, right? Yes. Long time so ago. That's even more creepy. So you go to Vail and then you go to Tremblant and you're like, what the F? This is the same, same thing, just in a mini version of what they built over there. It's like, it's a, really... like a Frenchier version, a Frenchier yeah. smaller version with a casino of Whistler. <laughs> it's like they took the blueprint and said, how can we work this into this same same area it's just it's strange and it's funny like when i first started doing these trips you know like when you first started doing the ski club trips and started trying different resorts and stuff like i used to think that was so cool i used to think the the whistler village is so awesome yes i I was so like enamored with it but that was so awesome and then over time it just to me became such like frippery you know, to like the actual mountain and the skiing, which, and that goes back to Vail. I mean, a lot of people, you know, we're not the the typical skiers, you know, we're a little more hardcore. We, we focus on the skiing. Obviously we have this podcast. So many people just want to do their one week, big ski trip out to Vail. You know, they're coming from New York city and Vail resorts depends on those people. They make a lot of money off those people as we can see with these numbers, obviously. So Vail might not be catering to us specifically, which right. is fine and good. But what if they keep broadening and expanding and keep putting this like cookie cutter style and 
feel to all these resorts. Like you mentioned, those indie resorts. Like I've been frequenting, so I've featured went to so many more resorts for the first time this year that are on the Indie Pass or not on it and are independent than I have. I think my whole ski career. And yeah, I've been. I love all the unique charm that they all have. There's something to that that if it does get kind of this this blanket baseline template to it it ruins so much of the experience i mean you can go to new england you can spend three ski seasons skiing at all these little local places none of them are the same all have their feel all have these characters that go there and there's so much charm to that when you put that epic pass veil stamp on things you you kind of castrate that in a way so yeah i mean it's different too right you create an American experience, right? American ski experience. So when, when we've gone to Europe, like you go to Zermatt, there's, there's a Zermatt feel that Zermatt has, right? Like it's not like everywhere else. And that's a big area, right? So you think about like in terms of creating more of an American ski experience, like is Vail the answer or is it the independence or is it that mix that we have? It's nice to have both, right? Well, I think Vail is just becoming too big to fail at this point. It's so yeah. big and so pumped up. Too big to fail. Too big to fail. But too big it, to fail. the fear is that they'll get so big that they'll control the market, which yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen. You're still going to have people that are like, nah, I don't want to spend the money or I don't want to travel that far. I just want to drive. You well, know? I mean, I, you know, we have have local people that we know some some friends and podcast listeners that live at resorts or near resorts that got added to veil you know veil bought up all those um eastern i forget i forget who owned it like mount snow and okimo and all those they were part of i forget what the name of the uh the group Stowe, right uh was it no nah, Stowe was Stowe was its own thing yeah, I think yeah. Okemo might have been too, but Mount Snow and like all those little resorts and a bunch in Pennsylvania, they all got put under the Epic Pass. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been so many complaints about how things have changed there, the reservation system. Maybe maybe this year is the asterisk year we talked about. Maybe it'll be different next year, but the experience of just going to the resort and skiing has changed so much. Yeah, yeah. could be coronavirus, could be this whole lockdown reservation system. And I think I we think need another year coronavirus, to see. Yeah, I think because of coronavirus, you're not seeing could have been. There were instances before Corona that resorts were flooded on a weekend when they usually didn't get this crazy number of people come to their resort would just get flooded by people that had the Epic Pass. So it's kind of one of those things that w- with this new system because of coronavirus, it, it's at least mitigating like the number of people coming right dude that's that's a whistler in this article right here yeah it says whistler it's the most trafficked hill with about two million visits a winter saw a destination travel collapse as canada shut out international visitors at whistler which is popular with skiers from overseas the number of destination guests accounted for only 15 percent of all visits compared to 48% in the previous season. Wow. Do you know how Austin it would be being a Canadian living in like, what's the, the name of the town there? Been... Squamish, Squamish or whatever, or like yeah. right around there and being able to go to Whistler without these goddamn Americans and Australians and Chinese coming over. It must be amazing. See, if you had a job where you could work remote 
and you moved last year before coronavirus hit to Canada, you're golden. You would have been skiing the entire entire time. That kind of is a little teaser for our main topic. Dude, I actually had a dream this week that <laughs> I had somehow snuck over the border, got to Canada, was skiing at Whistler, but couldn't get back. So uh, that's not a nightmare. No, I, I said it was a dream, <laughs> not a nightmare. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm stuck at Whistler and Tim Hortons. Oh, oh, oh sorry. So oh, sorry. sorry. I have to eat Timmy's and drink Timmy's. And I was and... thinking, too. I was thinking about me, you, and Nick at the keg. Yeah, just hanging out. I love the keg. And you know what? The keg is a chain. They're all over the place. But that keg at Whistler, I love that place. It's funny. I was in uh, Winnipeg last year visiting Melanie's family. And they had the keg there. And I was like, hey, I remember that place. She's like, you know the keg? I'm like, yeah, Whistler has has the keg. (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. They got one here, too. She's like, like they got them in every TGI Fridays. Yeah, but like when you're an American. Cheesecake factory. (laughs) Yeah. And you go to the one in Whistler, you're like, this place is amazing. Yeah. Like I went yeah. to this place, you know, and that's where you sound like a, a, a an idiot when you're describing <laughs> to like Canadians. Like, I went to this place and they had this, I've never been there. It's called the keg. They're like, yeah, it, you know, it's like Chipotle. <laughs> it's like the office when like Michael Scott's like this, uh, I get this pizza place I like in New York city. It's a little place. Never heard of it. It's called a uh, Sabaro. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. Kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. We were those guys. We're like, yeah. oh man, the keg is awesome. The I the keg is one of the best places in Whistler, though. The one of a kind. I'm saying it. That and Earls. Earls. <laughs> Earls Earl. girls, right? Earls girls. I'm That's sure is fun. racist and sexist now anyway. So That's right. It's run by a good old, Cuomo uh, relative. Good old brown face <laughs> Justin Trudeau is probably going to shut it down. Oh my God. Trudeau. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that guy. He's like a cartoon. <laughs> he He's really like, is. He really is. <laughs> So talking about Vale, and we mentioned how they lost March last year. Yeah. Denver, the whole Colorado cord, 70 corridor, they are getting pounded with snow as we speak right now. We're recording this on Friday, the 12th, just getting absolutely smashed with snow. They're saying this snowfall that they're getting in Denver and the 70 corridor could be the biggest dropping of snow that they've had in Denver since 1885. Damn. I didn't even know they knew how to record snow in 1885. Denver. 1885. Did they, they didn't even have electric. When did they have electricity? That's a good point. Like, did they even have like measuring tape back then? There was no Home Depot, obviously, to get a yardstick. No. How do you know the, the know? unit of measure they had was accurate? Was it really based on yeah. like a foot of somebody? Some guy's foot. That's how they could measure the snow. Yeah. Like the King's foot. He was a small guy. It was, you know, one inch was bigger that year. I don't know. <laughs> so they're saying right now, I'm looking at the, the current forecast. So they're saying the I-25 corridor, which is Denver, Fort Collins, Loveland, Castle Rock, Highlands Ranch, one to two feet of accumulation. Then they're saying two to three feet of accumulation in the western suburbs and foothills, three feet or more possible in the foothills and near the divide. And there is a bullseye in Larimer and Boulder counties where four to six feet is possible. Damn. They're saying Estes Park and Cameron Pass could get between 61 and 64 inches of snow. Damn. And it's crazy because it's totally missing steamboat which is only getting a mere seven inches of snow. 
it's unbelievable the way this is really just this 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 film has a, such a concentrated eye. I just got to compare. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. So we were talking oh about. Oh boy. Was it eighteen eighty five? I just sent you a picture of the world heavyweight champion <laughs> at the time, John L. Sullivan. Now he has a, a handlebar mustache, and he He's- probably fought. You know, with the with the hands up. I wouldn't mess with him. So massive snowstorm dumping. You know, it looks like Vail Pass should get about a foot. Some of the areas, you know, I think like Breckenridge, A Basin, Loveland, they could be getting up to three, three feet plus. Pounded. Yeah. I'm actually hoping to sneak out there in the next two weeks to visit my sister out in Boulder. I don't know. Nice. Try to roll the dice, see if I can make it happen. Obviously, I'll talk about it next week if it did. Yeah, you got to talk about your trip if you go. If I go, we'll see. Let's know how so, Boulder is. Give us the uh, lowdown on it. Yeah, so stay, stay safe and enjoy the POW, folks. Friend out in Colorado. Yeah. It'll be a good one. It'll be good to hear the reports coming in over the next week. Oh my God, dude, I can't even go on Instagram some days. Like, I just, it's so depressing it's seeing tough. the people, like our friends and, and fans and people tagging us and just doing yeah. epic things. And I'm just, you know, changing diapers and, well i know i'm changing my own diaper game. i'm like god damn it he's killing me <laughs> sitting here at work working for the man in front of a desk i don't know it's yeah. tough do we listen i i will i will go on record saying this year i'm losing the battle to win the war ah there we go losing the battle to win the war so, so you gotta do what you gotta do man speaking of losing battles <laughs> uh that's this is calling a uh this is Raising the flag. So Black Diamond initiates recall for Peeps, DPS, Avalanche transceivers. DSP. DSP. DPS. So Peeps and Black Diamond are issuing an immediate recall for the Peeps, DSP, Avalanche transceivers in Europe. The brand will also issue a North American recall soon. They actually show the models and they said they're, they're faulty. What happens with them is the switch that turns a transceiver Receiver signal can slide out of transceiving mode without warning. And then, you know, there's an example of Nick, Nick McNutt. He got caught in avalanche in March 2020, uh, was using this beacon, the, the Peeps uh, DSP beacon, and he's buried for around five minutes. Several other skiers at the scene uh, spoke out on social media about the transceiver issues. I guess that's the yin and yang of, of social media. Well, it could have been something false this was really something that highlighted the fact that they had an issue with these transceivers so since you know concerns arise from that they started looking into it and i think they've you know come to an agreement on on what they're going to do for the recall and stuff so that's so terrifying consumers uh, yeah it's so terrifying because you think like oh my god i got my beacon i got my you know my probe my shovel my people i'm skiing with i'm gonna be okay and if your receiver just doesn't work you're like that scene with with Nick McNutt, I think that's in like the latest TGR movie. Like you can oh, watch it? them and they did it in real time. So he, they were showing him buried for five minutes. And luckily, even though the transceiver didn't work, the the skiers like were on sleds and could go up there and were, pro- were able to probe. And fortunately they were in the right spot and got him out. Oof, that's, that's scary. Rough. That's crazy. So they said European consumers can begin the recall process right away. And there's a number there, uh, 1-800-775-5552 or support at peeps.com, P-I-E-P-S. 
Com. And they're saying because Black Diamond distributes in North America, they're going to work through CPSC and is waiting for approval from the agency to do a recall. So stay tuned for more information on that. If you have one of those, you may not want to go out using it right now. Just saying you may want to get in a backup or use something else for right now because uh, it is a, a, a fault with the design, I guess. So do we need to get like backup transceivers now? Dude, you should like, carry two. Like Chewbacca, like have like a whole oh, like a bando. What do they thing? call it? Bandolier of a bandolier receivers? full of receivers. Boom! But I got twelve receivers. What do you got? What frequency are you on? I'm on every frequency. All baby. frequencies. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How about like a satellite transceiver? One of those. Yeah. I guess you get buried. That won't go through the snow, would it? That's the problem. I don't think so. Like a sat phone? Would that go yeah. through? It's creepy, but yeah, th- there was a story too about. Corey Lynham, who was killed in an avalanche near Whistler back in 2017, who had the same peeps transceiver. So there's been there's been Oof. issues in the past. It's really scary. So hopefully they get this figured out and no one, yeah. no one gets trapped. That's why I like the Mammut ones, the Swiss, they're very precise. Very they wouldn't precise. let this happen. Or maybe they yeah. would. I don't know. I think they had a recall on you have the Mammut one? Do I? I have, I have the, the same one that you do. Oh, I thought we had the same one, the same Mammut one. Maybe they are Mammut. I don't know. I haven't seen my transceiver in a while because I haven't been going <laughs> off trail. I haven't been skiing that much this year anyway. Yeah. No. Let's put it that way. I'm a little bitter. I told we'll Brian, be, I said, I might just sell all my shit. I'm not using it anyway. We will be talking about that <laughs> in the main topic. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? If you're going to sell all your stuff and stop skiing, at least you won't get attacked by a brown bear. Uh, oh, yes. Where's this? We happening? talked about it. <laughs> Romania, which is apparently the home to all skiing black bears or brown bears. We talked about the one video a couple was it back in January, I think. Yeah, that went viral, right? Yes. And now there's another freaking video of a close awesome. encounter on the slopes in Romania. Man filming is a ski instructor and stayed surprisingly calm throughout. He even called the charging bear cute as he skied away and warned bystanders of the oncoming danger. Word of the wise, if you plan on going skiing in Romania, you might want to bring bear mace. That's right. Big can of bear mace, a backpack of it. Now, I know we talked about that one, that audio communication thing for skiing last week. Maybe it was the week before. We really do need like a ways for skiing. You know where they have, instead of like the police, you'd have like ski patrol and you'd have hazards in the road. You'd have bears. You now like bears. car broken down on the side, you'd have bears. Bears. There's just a lot of brown bears that are being, I thought like aren't bears supposed to be hibernating now? You know, but if they're not, they're kind of pissed off, I think, right? They're kind of angry. Trying to find the bathroom, get a snack. Thing about angry birds, I think they're angry bears. The video though is priceless because the guy's like, you know, <laughs> speaking Romanian and he's like very calm, and then the thing's getting closer, getting closer, and then he decides to like ski away, which I guess was good because the bear went away from all the other people because everybody was queuing up on the run, and uh mm-hmm. he starts skiing away, and that freaking thing took off after him. And it's like you better not fall, <laughs> you better not slow down. <laughs> if it flattens out, you are screwed because that thing was cruising. Well, I will say now, 
as a skier and not a snowboarder. Imagine you were snowboarding, having to hoof your stupid snowboard with your one foot in there, like dragging it along. <laughs> That's when you realize the snowboard is not an efficient device. You are taking off that other boot, throwing the snowboard at the bear. You're going to sit. <laughs> well, that could be a, the perfect counter argument to my statement that a snowboard is a better weapon for hitting a bear with than a ski. Yeah, I think I think either way you throw anything at that bear, it's just making it mad. It's going to eat you even more. This was like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Was like, hey, 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 and like the, the T Rex like chases him. <laughs> you know the guys like he's like, ha ha, bear. He's like, f you, you ain't gonna get me. All of a sudden, it trips and falls. It's like, <gasps> oh man, this is. But the bear was like really close to the guy. Yeah, this also is a wonderful argument for my recreational grenade product that I think the market is just dying for. Imagine having like a, I mean, I don't know what a regular grenade, how much power grenade. That's all you need. Like it's just a little, let them know you're there grenade. Well, Hey, how you doing? But no, it's funny. He waved his arms and everything. And then he starts skiing away and that freaking thing started catching him. So he stopped again. Yeah. And you see all the people like back there watching. I was like, oh, and then he starts skiing again, and then he looks behind, and there it is, chasing his ass again. He's like, all right, I'm going to just tuck this thing. And there's all the other skiers that was like chilling over there, like, hey, assholes, go. There's a bear coming. And he's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody's the- bombing down the mountain. You're like, no, no, let him go. <laughs> they're looking at the tram up. I think we're on, we're on like a Tykes run, and then we can just cut over here to this, like, oh my God, a bear's coming. Can you imagine if you're coming down you see the crowd of people like, I'm just going to go flying by him. And you don't even see the bear until like, you're right there and you go whizzing by him. That'd be pretty awesome. Dude, that bear gets super close. Oh, he's fast. Like though. four and a half minutes in. I couldn't believe how fast he was. Yeah. It's terrifying. But yeah, imagine, imagine if you had like lynx and other animals chasing a moose. Moose are pretty fast, right? Well, now that said, now imagine if you were able to like get out of your skis and you kicked a bear with the bottom of your ski boot. That would work until it you should probably. Did well, you see the revenant? No, I haven't. So I am going to come up with my own delusional belief system about attacking a bear. All right. So just look up the revenant, the bear scene. That's all you got to watch and watch it like watch it on TV. Like if you're watching it on your computer monitor, just Full size the monitor, so you get like at least yeah. like a, a more immersive vision of it, and it'll terrify you. You'd be like, yeah. "That is the scariest thing I've ever seen." Yeah, the bear like does like a crazy stop and kind of like stop. This is like I'm done chasing this guy. Yeah, he, he was playing in the snow, hanging out, waiting for some more people to come by. What could you even do, like if that bear got you? I mean, you. The one nice thing is those ski poles. If if he's coming at you, you could definitely have like a like stab him in the nose, stab him in the eye kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they say you want to just like make yourself bigger, make a lot of noise, and hold your your poles I up. Supposed and stuff, to play dead. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a a myth. That'll that'll make you get eaten. What you do is you wait for the person to play dead, and then you ski away because he's going to be eaten. <laughs> Tell your asshole the ass on your group. Like, yeah, play dead. It's supposed no, to work. Play dead. Why don't you try it first? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll hold the ground here. <laughs> Worked in Bugs Bunny. I don't know why it wouldn't work now. Seriously, but at least the poles. You have, if you're skiing and you have the pole, at least you got a chance. You can give them a little stab to the face. 
yeah, ninja Poke his eye out. You like take yeah. out like a samurai sword. Like let's go, let's go, bear. This actually, what about like uh, poison tip poles? Maybe in Romania that could be a whole big market. You're in Romania. That could be. Yeah. I mean, if you're in that ski area, if you got bears, I mean, you got to do something. Dude, I, I think either the like low power grenades or poison tip ski poles. One of the you got to do one of the two. I don't see a. a yeah, like a, you just like press a, a button and like a freaking helicopter comes right down and like just nets it. Wouldn't it be awesome to have like bear chili the next morning? Mm, bear <laughs> at <chili>. the lodge. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just kind of got a bear here and now we got bear chili. We got a lot of it now. The lady, just like, only 3,700 pounds of bear chili available. Jeez. Yeah, it's terrifying. Oof. It really is. All right. Next up, we have asbestos could be a powerful weapon against climate change. Yes, we did say asbestos. Scientists are looking for a way. Uh, they're exploring ways to use mineral waste from mines to pull huge amounts of carbon dioxide out of the air. And one of the things that they're looking into, they looked at a, a few different things in this article, but they actually said the vast area of Certain types of fibrous asbestos, a class of carcinogenic compound once heavily used in heat-resistant building materials, makes it particularly good at grabbing hold of the carbon dioxide molecules dissolved in rainwater or floating through the air. That's actually pretty cool. So they can use it to do filtering. Growing number of scientists are exploring ways to accelerate the otherwise slow reactions in hopes of using mining waste to fight climate change. They're going to work with cal calcium and magnesium rich byproducts of nickel, copper, diamond, and platinum mining, as well as asbestos. So Brian, you said you read in here that De Beers was sponsoring one of these studies. Yeah. It said the pilot project that they were at this, you know, is being part of is fueled by diamond company, De Beers and natural resources, Canada. And they're using this, a mine from Canada's Northwest territories to ensnare carbon dioxide released from a tank. The point was to evaluate the possibility of using minerals to capture and store the gas from the flu stream of a power plant. The team is now conducting a field trial for a proposed nickel plant in British Columbia. They've placed tailings from exploratory drilling into assorted containers and are measuring the reaction rates that result from using different chemical additives and processes under different weather conditions. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Well, you know, these mining companies, they have so much waste from their mines. It, it would make sense to have something to do with it, right? It would. And I guess the one big, the, the kind of giant elephant in the room is, you know, I know there's so many people who have died from mesothelioma, asbestos exposure. What is that? Is it like, what is the, the piece of it or the molecular, the, the compound that's causing people to get you know, to get sick and die from it. And is there a way you can neutralize that and keep it out of this process? Because I'm sure the first thought you think is asbestos, like, oh crap. Yeah. Well, I think asbestos kind of like lead paint. It's the same idea as if it's, if it's aerated somehow, like, cause you got the fibers, if they get out and they make dust, like that's, what's dangerous. If you, if you inhale it, but if it's encapsulated, there's a lot of places like, that 
have encapsulated it either by painting some kind of coating over it or, or covering it with plastics or something like that, where they're like, it's harmless as long as it doesn't get disturbed. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing with asbestos when they have it in buildings. If it, if it remains undisturbed, it's not necessarily dangerous. It's dangerous to have it around because it's a carcinogen. But if it's not, if the fibers aren't put in the air that you can breathe in, then it's not as it's not really actively dangerous. That's why when they take asbestos out, a lot of times they spray it down with like water so that it doesn't go into the air and get breathed in by anybody, but then you could handle it from that point on. Kind of like but, paint too. But then too, you're, you're kind of like creating a potential for a dirty bomb then. You know, like say yeah. Al-Qaeda wants to blow up, you know, <laughs> something. They go, oh, there's an asbestos, depositive asbestos or a large wrap here, you know, wrap here. But if we blow it up, then all the fibers will go out. I guess Again, that's, a, that's a long story. It's they a have stretch. A this guy in this article who has a Ziploc bag and a shovel and he's scooping asbestos that I didn't know is naturally occurring out of this big mine and he's like standing in this field of asbestos, this mine, this open mine of asbestos, and he's scooping asbestos into a bag. And I'm like, that's just bizarre. I guess it's safe. And they said it was a super fun site too, right? Like those, all those, those asbestos mines kind of shut down in the eighties. Yeah. And were, became super fun sites. So I was telling Brian, we should get a coalition together, buy up all these asbestos mines and speculating that it's going to be used to clean the air. <laughs> Think about that like air purifying properties you, you can corner the market on it wouldn't that be crazy if all this asbestos could be just converted then into these filters that could just absorb all this carbon dioxide from the air and it yeah. says it it could encapsulate it for millennia i think it might be a concoction of you get all the stuff that's killing us right like asbestos mercury lead paint you put it all together maybe that'll be the cure Maybe I, I get too. You got the Sounds beers involved. Idiotic, and it is, but it is. We're not. We're not men of science. We're men of powder. It's much smarter men that that do this stuff. The beers, though, when the beers is involved, you know they're gonna crush that stuff and try to make minerals or gems or some sort of alternate asbestos diamond out of it. They're looking for a way to get out of their toxic waste output from their mining of diamonds. That's what they're doing. Blood diamonds on their hands. Exactly. They're like, hey, we'll just uh, we'll just dump some asbestos in our mines and say there are, you know, the miners died from that and not from the horrible conditions we put them in. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. But it's important, right? It's a diamond. <laughs> diamonds are forever. Please, you need them in like saw saw blades and stuff. How else? No, cutting saw blades are the shit. How else can six months' salary last forever? That's right. like tacking like an extra month onto how many months you're supposed to save up for the engagement ring every year. They keep tacking it up. Yeah. So the best was when I went to get my wife and I went to get our wedding rings. Right. Now we didn't do a big fancy wedding last year. Got married during COVID. The whole thing. I got a nice engagement ring for her. Um, but then we went to pick out the wedding rings. We we're just regular plain wedding bands we picked out just something simple uh and it's funny in the store at the same time there's a guy young guy you know had to be in his like 20s uh with his i guess future bride because they were engaged and he's he's sitting there like honestly puzzled 
saying to the the salesperson, you know, I didn't know that I had to buy another ring. I thought she got the engagement <laughs> ring and now we got to buy uh, like wedding rings. He's like, I didn't realize. And of course she's picking out, she has a big diamond and she's picking out, you know, the wedding ring, the wedding band with a ton of more diamonds. And it's like, yeah, like <laughs> this has only just begun, my friend. It's going to get, it's only getting worse for you. Wait till the, yeah. The house, house and the car the- and the other car and the babies and all that. Stuff, it's just going to kill you. But yep. It was funny. He was just like totally caught off guard. Like, you mean I have to buy another ring? Like, can't, don't we just reuse that ring? They're like, yes, but you put them together. It's like, oh, so you only really bought half a ring on the engagement. It's so like, I told my wife. It's like 90% of the ring. Yeah. But I told my wife, like, you know, what the way it should be is you buy the the plane ring first as the engagement. And then if you get married, that's when you get the big diamond. Cause that's like warm up. Then you actually are bought in. You're actually, you're, you're in the family then. Well, it's like the spring training ring, right? Yeah. You know, like you're not I winning. Think, you got you got the world series ring at the end. That's get right. The, the spring training ring at first. <laughs> I think all engagement <laughs> rings should be Silicon. That's it. Nothing higher than Silicon. I, I, I'm down with I'm, that. That works. Spread that. And I actually have a, a my wedding ring. I have a, a silicone one and the 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 uh titanium one. See the titanium will cut cut my hand off if I'm doing something like, you know, heavy labor or lifting or working out. So I put mm-hmm. the silicone ring on. Not too bad. There you go. What's the old adage? Wedding ring or uh, engagement ring, wedding wedding ring, suffering. That that's it. Right? Right. That's yeah. I think they got to reverse it. They got to do the you know, do the wedding ring first, and and that's like the plain one. It's like you you earn the fancy one after like five years. Exactly. You get you know? the most ghetto plainest ring. That's the engagement ring. If she still wants to marry you at the end of the engagement, give her that prize of giving her the big diamond. That's what I'm saying. Earn it. So anybody listening out there that is getting engaged <laughs> or planning to get engaged, Good think about that. selling this to your future bride. To- <laughs> Ponder it, cut out this piece of the podcast. Maybe you can, you know, let them listen to the reasoning behind it and the, the, the simplicity and, and logic behind it. Cause you know what? Nothing, there's nothing a woman likes more than a little bit of logic dropped on her. That's the most romantic thing in the world. Logic is romantic. Everybody knows logic. It. Spock like logic. You drop, <laughs> you drop Spock logic on her. That's romance, right? Was there ever a she Spock? I don't know. I think there might have been, wasn't there? There must oh, have been not, like she Vulcans, right? Not in the old one, but I think in the new series, there was like a she Vulcan or something. That must. This, that's where they know. lose you. They're like, okay, now we're in fantasy land because there's a logical woman. This makes no sense. <laughs> now we've dumped the shark, the green women, all this other crap. I, I was behind you on that. That made Man. sense to me. Captain Kirk was, he, he did not, he was not prejudiced. He would, <laughs> he would get together with anybody in that, that show. <laughs> he was down to party, man. You know, he was partying and they had something in space that was better than cocaine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> better than hanging out with Mike Tyson. Do you know how rich that fat bastard is? William Shatner. <laughs> he took, when he uh, did those Priceline commercials way back in the day. 
Yeah. He took stock, man. He didn't like want to get paid out. He played the long game. He took stop at stock. I think he's worth like a couple hundred million dollars now because of that. Right now. Let's see. Look it up. Jamie, can you look that up for us? They're saying a hundred million dollars, but they're saying even hundred million. Oh, chats. Shats, the chat man. <laughs> Dude, that was in July of 2020. That was like mid lockdown. Stuff's going to he's he's probably at least triple that now. Oh other network things. worth of over. So January 2020, he got divorced and they said he's keeping oh. the bulk of his hundred million dollar fortune, which they didn't disclose the entire amount because he's probably hiding that shit for the divorce. Just saying. Well, his wife, she's actually a horse trainer. Huh. There you go. Now, I know we talked about it in the past, the whole Jeff Bezos, his divorce. Did you see his wife remarried? Oh, yes. I just saw that. To like his kids, their kids, like school teacher. (laughs) He's like, cha-ching. Boom. Male gold digger. How do you like that? God bless him. He's probably like some like hippie teacher. He's like, hey, man, you know, I'm just trying to help get the best for your kids. That guy played the Boom. long game. Just buttering her up, buttering her up. Boom. How to marry a billionaire. Boom. That's how you do it. And that's, that's how smart. you do it. That's smart. You never know. Mm. You never know. So we're going to roll into the main topic now. And we have had some really awesome interviews over the past couple of months. But unfortunately, we don't have one this week. So you're stuck with us coming up with a main topic and just shooting the breeze. Since this is pretty much the one year anniversary of everything locking down, like I said earlier, recording this on March 12th, the lockdown started this next upcoming weekend. I think it was the 15th. Yeah, just before St. Patrick's Day. I know yeah. because St. Patrick's Day is the last hurrah I had. I went out and that was it. That night, everything closed. Yeah, March 14th was the last day for all the Vail Resorts and a lot of the other ones followed suit immediately after. So we decided to kind of pose the question to each other. And, you know, if you knew now, like if you had the, if you knew that what would have gone down in the next year what would you have done differently? And you know what? I'll I'll kick this off. Now I'm I'm one who's always looking for a business opportunity and anything here. And you know the big thing that happened, at least in uh, you know the big cities, is everyone kind of vacated. Everyone left the big cities. Everybody just started going out to live in the mountains, live at the beach, just get out of the environment that that was kind of dead for the time being. So I wish I would have immediately purchased a duplex or triplex or quadplex in a ski town. Yeah. Just having, you know, cause some people were just bolting, looking for places to go. You could have either Airbnb beat it. You could have rented it out for a year, you know, your, um, your long rentals. Uh, that would have been such a smart move, you know, cause I guess the big thing was no one really knew how long this was going to last. You know, the, the, the original narrative was two weeks to flatten the curve. That's what they told us. Even then people were freaking out. Like 
nobody knew what was going to happen. Are we all going to die from this? Are we going to get sick from it? The way everybody proposed it was that like, you're going to die from coronavirus. Like that was it. Like, don't get Corona. You're going to die. Like now they're seeing different. Well, they showed those videos from China. Remember those? Yeah. People were just dropping dead in the streets in Wuhan. Yep. So fake ass bullshit videos. Right. But that, that's like the image that everybody was given. Like it was, you know, it was terrifying because everybody was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I should go anywhere. I want to be near my family because I don't know if there's going to be an emergency lockdown. Like, yeah, I wish I knew then what I know now. I would have probably relocated, like you said, to to some ski town and rented out the rest of my place or something like that. You know what I mean? Was yeah, I, anything- I think I would have bought some Bitcoin. That that too. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the anniversary of the the big drop to like 3,800 today, March the 12th. Oof. Black Black Thursday, they called it. Black Thursday. Was there anything that you can think back to during this lockdown, like the most embarrassing thing that you did to comply with with uh, you know just rumors or or anything like just really dumb to comply well, I, with? Just like all the people would say, "Oh, you should do this or you should do that." I'll tell you the dumbest thing I did. I once went to the grocery store with gloves on. Like I wore like rubber gloves, nice. Which they all said you were was one like, of those people. I did it once. I did it once, and then I came back and I actually wiped down my groceries because my wife's aunt, who is a wonderful person but is a psychopath, she said she would spend one to three hours wiping down her groceries every time she came back from the store. Like she wow. would take like Clorox wipes and wipe every piece of grocery and i'm like i i know it's like i can't do that but i wore the gloves one time you can cross contaminate more if you do that yeah it's just bad i think the 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 dumbest thing i ever did was run out and try to get more toilet paper (laughs) like (laughs) you were a toilet paper guy no i wasn't a toilet paper but but i was like like it's an outage of toilet paper so i actually didn't run out to get it i was like out i was in home depot and they put out a pallet of toilet paper and, and I was like, hey, there's toilet paper here. How so much like, can I fit in the car? So I went over. I was like, let me grab grab a, a big ass thing. Like, I guess this is a windfall right here. So I had toilet paper. I was like, I was like freaking Santa Claus giving toilet paper away to people. I'm like, hey, you need some toilet paper. I got some here. Let me hook you up with a four pack. Boom, boom. It was great. I lucked out. We actually had gone to Costco, I think in February and bought a giant you know, Costco pallet thing of toilet paper. But that said, I also, right when everything started getting locked down, one of my first orders was a bidet, which I still stand by as being one of my best purchases of 2020, because that is no, just a game changer. You toilet paper at all? No, I don't even wipe anymore. I'm like, I'll be a little wet. I'll be like, it'll eventually dry off. It's all good. <laughs> Just go right in. Got the bidet. Just go right in. Got the bidet. Bidet all day. That's one reason I can never work in an office again. There's not going to have a bidet there. Pardon me. I'm, I'm accustomed to a certain way of life. And that I includes a bidet. I'm a fancy man who needs a bidet. <laughs> I shan't be using your uh, your old Chinese newspapers that have been recycled into toilet paper. That's right. Yeah, where were those newspapers before they landed on your ass, right? I have I no don't idea. Know. It's very unhygienic. Very unhygienic. You're wadding up a bunch of paper and sticking it up your ass. How does that make any sense? The bidet just 
beautiful. It's just a beautiful think system. Out of all the innovations we've come out with, all the the progress we've made, we we would have found something, some other way to do the whole wiping thing, right? We've always had the bidet. It's been there. It's always been there. It's right. always been there. Or it would be a friend with a garden hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I made uh, my own hand sanitizer. That actually oh, was right. Bad. You did, yeah. It was just aloe and alcohol. Just put it together, a certain mixture, and that was actually pretty easy. I was like, wow, I'm buying this crap in the store for a lot of money when I can make it at home. Dude, like, don't you just feel so gypped? Think about all the stuff that they sold you now that you have to, like the masks. Like, think of the mask craze. Everybody's making masks, they're buying masks, they were buying certain type of masks, and they said, don't use this mask. You have to use a different type of mask. Now everybody's back to like the regular hospital mask. I had a freaking respirator because I, I use it for construction anyway. And it's like, I got a hole on respirator. I got like two extra respirators. I said, if things come down to that bad, I said, my wife and, and son can put them on and I'll give, you know, whatever I have in the garage, let's, you know, load people up. But I had the full on respirators and respirators. I was like, I'll go running out there in the respirator right now. I was in Costco. I saw somebody with one of those World War II ones walking around with the thing hanging. I'm like, really? I was like, you you really are wearing And it was an old dude. So I was like, I don't know where this thing came from, if he was a collector of them. Uh, but yeah, he's walking around Costco with it. It's so I was bizarre. Like, yeah, it's very bizarre. Well, the thing that pisses me off the most about the masks is that, of course, every company and brand was quick to put out their mask with like you know the giant logos on it and everything it's like oh yes it's my you know my tampa bay buccaneers mask or my (laughs) freaking boston red sox mask it's like like seriously if they could brand every piece of your body these companies would jump at that opportunity oh yeah like that 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 enraged me was the whole like just yeah, I mean, hey, we're here to help you, but you know what? Put our logo on your face and it'll only cost you $27. Right. Yeah. Was, yeah, those masks were they get expensive after a while. Yeah. That said, there are highfalutin ski bum masks available on the no, there actually are not. I did buy six of them. I had them made, but I ah, kept them all to wear. Nice. But it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm pissed off, but I'm also, in a way, just happy that it seems to be ending now. Seem to be at least pushing through and we're, you know, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I just don't like the ramifications of, of things that, the liberties and rights that may be taken away from us now. With this yeah, whole process, this I'm whole a like bummed that they're not opening up for like earlier for ski season. Like it, it's they're opening up for the summer. I'm like, I want it ski season, not the summer. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm just wondering, like I'm I'm concerned about what's going to happen next with these. Are they going to require vaccine <clears throat> passports or vaccine confirmation? Yeah, that, see that bothers me a little too. That really bothers me a lot because I again I don't look how fast they rush these things out. And yep. if we look at the way the media has been, you know, giving us our information over the last year, are we really do we really believe that the the vaccines are that efficient 
and are had that those little side effects to it or is this just a narrative that they want to push out to make sure that we all go and line up to get our vaccines as soon as possible yeah what's the future of this right future of this what i see is going to be vaccines every year just like another flu vaccine so every year they'll come up with a new vaccine that prevents against certain strains and not against everything and you know you still may get it you, you might not but as a population, it won't be as spreadable, kind of like the flu. But But look at, I mean, just look at how, I mean, look at all your friends, family, co, you know, coworkers, whatever. Just look at how certain people reacted to this. I mean, I think it really is very telling where some people just went into full blown panic mode. Yeah. You know, like we have to listen to what the government tells us. We have to listen to what Dr. Fauci says. We have to listen to what CNN says. We have to listen to what Fox News says. So many people just went into, Daddy, please tell me what to do. Yeah. And Same thing for themselves. And that for me is a very concerning future where we're all just so dependent on politicians who look at their backgrounds. Not a whole lot of them are based in science. Yeah, they're all but based even in, listening to the science, you can get two scientists that have differing opinions. Very true, because even science can be corrupted with politics and money. Right. That's one thing we're learning too. At least I hope. I hope we're learning. I know that's what I learned. I learned that mm-hmm. you can really, you really can't trust anything on the surface anymore. Nah, question you, everything. You can't read a headline. You can't listen to two minutes of a you know two YouTube two minute YouTube video. You really do have to to get a little more evidence and a little more information because there is an agenda at play, and they just want you to comply. I think one one of the things I would have done sooner is get a puppy. I got the puppy. <laughs> yeah, he's in the other room right now. But I would have gotten him right away. I'd have been like, hell yeah. You know, it's funny. One of the things they talked about in the beginning of this whole thing, maybe like a month or two in, they're saying that usually if you have like a big snowstorm or anything that kind of locks you in for a week, maybe two, usually there's a big baby boom afterwards. Yeah. They were saying with this, no, no way. There's like a domestic violence boom I heard the other day. Well, they say people were panicking. People were freaking out. What they were saying was, yeah, people were locked up with each other. They said the amount of divorces that are going to happen. Yeah. Child abuse. You can't like stop home from work and have a drink to cool down. Now you're at home and you walk right out and you're you're facing your your family and people are fighting. It's like, you know, it's different. Can't go to the strip club for a couple hours. That's right. You can't just disappear. Liquid <laughs> can't lunch. Spanish. No. And you know, it's like when once things do get back to normal though, like they said, this could be the summer of love. Like people could just be hooking up and going crazy and getting divorced. I think getting people partying. back into an office is gonna be a very big push. Cause that I don't think a lot of people want to go back to an office anymore. Oh. Why would you realize you? how disgusting that office is? You go there, people don't take care of it. They may clean it, they may not. It's it's not a great it's a hot spot for transmitting bacteria. Let's put well, it that way. I, I know the big thing for me is commuting. Like I've always talked about how stupid commuting is, and yeah. I think this proves it 
a hundred percent is how dumb it is. If you don't have to go to a particular place because you don't have special lab equipment or special responsibilities and you have to be there in person, it makes zero sense to go in. Exactly. Yeah, we've appreciated our nurses and and hospital workers and restaurant workers and garbage people and delivery folks delivery people like now we're appreciating those those roles that people you know are are working to make a living and i think that's good too for sure but of course you know as we as short-sighted people human beings are we'll just forget about that and you know the month or two take them off yeah. for granted again Man, I should have started my own delivery service. Deliver anything. You just call me out. Tell me what you want me to deliver. I'll bring it to you. What you need. Mario can make it happen. What you need, man. I'll get it for you. Mario makes it happen. Could have delivered weed the entire coronavirus. That's what you should have done. The whole pandemic. Think about that. If you were a weed delivery guy, like in a big city, you would have made a boatload of money. You could have like tripled your prices. And they Is were that like, high I don't care. Is that high maintenance show still on, on HBO? I don't know that would have been. Made. They should have a whole, price. a whole like coronavirus series version of that show. Yeah. Like, well, it's double the price now because of coronavirus. Harder to get stuff and people will happily pay. Oh yeah. Just like booze. Look at that at the booze um the delivery services and yeah. I mean, you could have just bought like Tons of booze and just warehoused it. But like, I'm an, I'm a, a broker now, a booze broker. Mobile bar, just kind of drive around like the ice cream uh, man. Like the ice cream man. Just <laughs> you see adults running across like yards to try to get a beer. Right. That's not, that would have been a nice move. That'd be good. We're getting through it. Again, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We didn't handle this perfectly. Nobody did. So what do you think is like one of the first things that's going to get back to normal for you? To be honest, I, I have been pretty much back to normal. I mean, besides the job, which has been all remote. I mean, I, I never intend to work in an office again. Yeah. They will have to come to this. They will have to come to my house and drag me out of here and bring me to an office or fire me. I, and, and you know what? I will talk to my attorney. I will draft something up and I will make them give, like, lay me off and give me some sort of package. Yeah, right. I'm never going back to an office. I will say it now on the record. Yeah. I don't ever want to go back to an office. Kind of like that's some of the stuff that I don't want to change. I don't want to change that. I like, I like being home, you know, more than being home. I like being able to work from wherever I want to work. Let's put it that way. So yes. if I had this work from home, work from anywhere really ski season would have a whole new look and feel yeah where do you think you would have gone if you can a year ago if you knew if i knew fantasy fantasy place and maybe realistic place well i probably would have tried to go see before corona i would want to ski in canada again you know, I really wanted to, that's one of the things I was looking forward to for this year from last year was number one, I knew I was probably going to get married. So I got married and my wife's family's all in Canada. So one of the ideas I had for this coming ski season, you know, the ski season we're in now was, Hey, we're going to go out and visit family and I'm going to take like 
an extra bit of time to go skiing somewhere up in Canada, maybe like Revelstoke, Kicking Horse, or Banff. That those were on my list, you know. And you know what happened? None of it. Lockdown. But well, that's still-, still on the radar. If things start opening back up, if I'm up there and they're still skiing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen soon enough. Would we'll you? Now, again, if you it was a year ago and you need, you're going to be locked down for at least a year, you could work remote. Is there any place that you would go to, again, realistically or fantasy wise, to move to Canada for a year? Move to Canada for a year. Rent out my place, move to Canada, bring Bodie up there. He's playing hockey up in Canada. Melly's working up there in Canada. It would be great. Yeah, how would that have worked if you were in Canada and stuff was locking down? Like, would you be like, I'm just gonna stay here? Well, they couldn't if kick you out, right? If you're in Canada, they wouldn't kick you out, I don't think. But you could come back as a US citizen to the US whenever you want it. You just couldn't go back, you just as a US citizen can't go into Canada. Oh, okay. Right. So they were suggesting for no US citizens to be there, I think. But once you're in, you're in. Like it's not like you have to re-quarantine. I mean, you're you've been there, right? Okay. Just like if you're here and you're a Canadian citizen, you, you can go back whenever. They'll let you in. That's home. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was just yeah. Borders. They have right up. now. Like there's still there's some Canadians that did come down because Florida's a big where a lot of uh, Canadians come down to. They have houses and they, whatever, snowbird it. Um, so some of them came down, but the Canadian government, I think they issued a warning that if you get sick in the U.S., you wouldn't be covered by your socialized health care from Canada because you're going when it was recommended, a, uh, I guess, the national emergency. So uh, people still came down and then they were able to go back up whenever they want. Damn. They're very weird stuff. This whole country weird. shutting down stuff is really eye-opening op- eye to see what you're allowed to and what you're... Because you never think about, hey, I I can go to Mexico or Canada whenever I want, right? As an American, you think, like, that's those are always open to us. Yeah, Not right. Anymore, you know? I mean, Mexico's open, but they don't care about coronavirus. Um, <laughs> that's the one kind of crazy weird thing about this is that, you know, I know living in New Jersey, one of the things was, eh, you know what? Like it's New Jersey's great because I can get up to Vermont. I got access to the airport. I can get out anywhere. But now you kind of see that because again, I've been doing, doing a lot of local places and the local places are nice, but this whole area is so overcrowded and so full of people and everyone is always right there. So it's, it's made me kind of reevaluate too where I want to, be and where I want to raise my 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 kids, my family. And it's making me, you know, the algorithm we talked about last year, like making me really reconsider this about do I want to raise them here or do I want to go somewhere else? Yeah. And you know, I keep I, I keep thinking that it's also you know, tough without having lived to where you may want to move. Yes. Because you don't know is the is the allure just temporary and you're gonna hate it after a while or you know, you're going to realize that this isn't where you want to be. Like it's, it's tough. Cause you're talking about a big move. I am. Yeah. And uh, so what I'm <laughs> again, talk, talk and action are two different things, but my plan is for next year. I really want to do a cross country road trip. 
Nice. And see a bunch of places and then really start figuring out like, where's the spot? Cause I, I haven't seen most of, you know, most of the middle of the country. Mm. There's so many great places to go, things to see just to experience it. And I mean, that seems like one of those things, like I've had friends who've done it and they said it's like the best trip they've ever taken. Just nice. getting to see all these amazing places that are right here in this country. And you know, again, if I had to to make a bet where I'd end up, it would probably be in Utah. I really think like the whole Salt Lake area, just because you, know, you do have good schools, great skiing, yeah. airport, travel. Yeah, you know, they they did get a lot of people who moved there from California and probably you know New York and Seattle, other places. But that to me seems like if I had to pick a place that I think I'll end up, that seems to be my best bet right now. Hmm. But again, I've only spent, I mean, I've been there a bunch of times, but I haven't spent any like significant amount of time there. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I moved down here to Florida and I've been here about two and a half years. So Corona hit after I was here about a year and a half. I just had bought my place about a year in and then Corona hit. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, for me, the timing was good to move down here because I'm like, I'm fine being down here. I was able to go out all the time and exercise outside and go to the beach. And, you know, it's actually been kind of nice. <laughs> Quarantine's <laughs> been good for me. I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't, I don't want to change after <laughs> Corona, you know? Um yeah, being at home is one of them. Friggin' Stockholm syndrome we're getting already. I know. Uh, like, well, I miss those times in lockdown and quarantine. They were the best. That's right. Well, the other thing I've seen too is like, there's a lot more family gatherings and friend gatherings, right? So it's not like we're getting together for these big ass parties, but hey, you're getting together more so in a private setting now at a at, at a home or outside with you know, small groups of people, friends that you're actually connecting with rather than say, Hey, let's meet out at a, at a bar or something, or maybe you, you didn't meet up before. And now because there's nothing else to do, they everybody's around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely appreciating people a bit more, you know, the yeah. friends that we haven't seen in a while and the ones that, you know, are entertaining get... more at home, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many more times are you, you know, now more than ever, you're like, Hey, why don't you come over? We'll just have some drinks and we'll, we'll hang out, you know, maybe watch a game or whatever, or go do something. Uh, it's, it's become a little bit more social in some respects. You Homebody-ish. Know? Yeah. But more local social, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I think everybody was on, like you mentioned going out West and, or going to see the rest of the country, you know, how many people, yeah, I, I was guilty of this for a while too, but I did get my fair share of seeing, you know, parts of, of the country. You know, the travel bug was always, oh, international travel. I want to go to this country. I want to see something else. I want to see a different culture. But you forget like how much is in the country to see, you know? Yeah. You have mountains, you got lakes, you got rivers, you got oceans, you got all sorts of stuff that you don't have to leave leave the country even to see. Desert, so, beaches, yeah, everything. Yeah, something to yeah. see, so... Yeah, well, hopefully in the next two years, the prices of RVs will drop 
pick one up cheap, go travel. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like bikes, right? Everybody wanted to get a bike. So I'm looking for, I bike a lot. You know, we have friends that bike, you bike a lot. And it's like, you go to look for a bike now and everybody sold out. It's like, damn it. You know, yeah. cause everybody got on a bike that, you know, I got to do something. So eventually I think just like the exercise fad, those will be up for sale somewhere on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace. This Pelotons up. will be on sale. Next Pelotons will be, yeah, those will be going out. They'll pull the other, uh, their clothes, their <laughs> clean laundry and sitting on it right now and uh, put oh. it up on Facebook marketplace for sale. That's right. Very clean, never used, been covered <laughs> used by once. laundry the entire time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, the end of the tunnel is nice. And yeah, again, I, I, I'm not upset about how we handled it, but I wish, you know, I, I do wish we would have done things. I would have, Again, like bought something in a ski town and, and had yeah. a place because now all the I don't see the full quarantine being over anytime soon, though. No, I really think they're going to keep some level of quarantine and, and distancing probably in place for. I'd say at least through the end of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I think people are just so fed up. They're just going to do what they're going to want to do. I, I yeah. think everyone is just so disgusted with everything right now. Yeah, they're like, I want to get back to at least a modicum of normalcy. I think and France I and England just locked down again. They did another hard lockdown. And they're all a bunch of inbreds. They have terrible genetics. That's what's attacking. <laughs> the, the coronavirus is attacking. Yeah. I, it's it's just, you know, and they're even here, smokers. some smokers states bad are, for the lungs. See, there you go. They all smoke over there. There you go. <laughs> Inbreeding and smoking. It's terrible for you. That's why France and England are having problems. All right. Sorry, not sorry. 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 Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, you know, we're getting back to normal. That's at least what we're hoping for. Uh, I'm trying to get some more skiing in this year. I'm not I won't I won't stop until I uh every little drop of snow is melted. And get another area. good month of it still. I think so. I want to get through this this warm spell here in the, the northeast, which is yeah. ending tonight anyway. So Hope you guys are getting out. Hope you guys are skiing. Hope you're getting out of this lockdown mode and finding positivity and hope at the end of the tunnel because we will get there and hope that we've provided some assistance and laughs and <laughs> quote unquote information over this yeah. time. So right. please, thank you for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Check us out on the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at skibumpodcast. Send us an email. If you need stickers, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsors, Valon, Valon.store, V-A-L-L-O-N.S-T-O-R-E, and Terracia, Terracia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.